This episode from the life of Sherlock Holmes will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Petri Wine brings you... Welcome, fellow Sherlockians. I'm Mike. And I'm Tom. And this is I Heart Sherlock. Welcome back, Sherlockians and Holmesians. Uh, we are continuing on with the reading out of Homes for the Holidays with a few more stories. Yes, Christmas time stories, more yeah. or less. More or less, yes. <laughs> In time for the Christmas season. Indeed. So, let's see. We have The Adventure of the Christmas Tree by William L. DeAndrea. My personal feelings. Yeah. I felt this was a little lackluster. Yeah, it's not my my favorite of the Holmes Christmas stories we read. Not my least favorite. Yeah. But not my favorite. Uh, the mystery was a little strange. Yes. And the ending was very intense. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Um, they, they, uh, yeah, they, they fumigated themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, the, the two, the two villains in the story at the end, they literally blow themselves up. Just nothing left but a wet spot in the, in the snow. Well, yeah, which is what it says. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, man. It's not, it's not pulling any punches, that story. Spots. It's 100% true. I will say there was a, a pretty hilarious line, though, in the story. What's that? That I thought was funny. I'm going to read it. All right. Um, because I thought it was hilarious, and it was by far one of my favorite parts of the stories that we read this week. Okay. Um, where Holmes and Watson are are listening to... to um, one of their one of the, one of the people in the story, and the out. I'll start here. The outdoorsman shook his head in a gesture of dismissal to the person who was trying to understand something. Uh, earth and ice in alternating layers with burlap between and canvas outside. It, it's really elementary. This guy <laughs> is saying that you know you should understand this. It's really simple, right? Watson, of course. I cleared my throat. The workings of the expert mind, said I, while perhaps seeming elementary to the experts themselves, do not always appear so to those who lack expertise. And then in his own thoughts, I had been waiting to say that for years. <laughs> and yeah. I laughed out loud at that because that was just really funny. He'd yeah, been man. waiting to say that for years. Yeah. Uh, Holmes and his elementary, my dear Watson. Watson's finally like, no. No, it's not. It's no, not it's elementary. Not. Yep. It's very collegiate level. <laughs> yeah, I'm depending on who it's you a are. Good way to put that. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was good. I mean, the dialogue was okay. I thought in the story itself, but yeah. um. Yeah, it was just. I felt almost like the author wanted to write a novel and was told he could only write a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? There should have been... It's almost like last week. One of the stories we read last week, I felt the same way. Like, this should have been a novel. Right. But it was so rushed, it felt like it was nothing to it. Yeah. Almost. 
There's yeah. too much to it. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe that's what I'm sensing when I read that, yeah. is that it's like, okay, you're here because of a missing tree. And it's almost, for me as a reader, I almost don't care. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. The tree that you wanted is there. Yeah. Granted, it's mysterious, but who cares? <laughs> that's also true. Why would you, and the guy was very clearly and vocally doesn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Holmes is like, well, I do charge fees. Oh, yeah. You know, which is not a very Holmes thing to do. Uh, like usually he, not. Yeah, he's, he usually takes cases for free that are interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's the first time I heard him say his fee varies depending on how interesting he thinks the case is. That's crazy. But yeah, then he says, I do charge fees. And so the guy has like no money. And yet <laughs> he's like, I got to find out what happened to this tree. Like you said, Why? Yeah. <laughs> why why has this consumed your life? This yeah. poor guy's daughter is like afraid for her father. Like Yeah, man. It's really okay. I mean a I, tree is gone. And I I obviously we find in the story that there's a reason, you know, that these guys make right. this tree to explode, but it's like we're not given any of that when we read it. No. And it's just like just okay, missing it's tree. A tree. Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no reason. Why this guy would be that upset? No, no, no <laughs> he'd be like, "Whew, yeah." Well, well, I'm in a forest. Yeah. So there'll be another one. Oh, look, right there, right there. Which he does. He gets another one. He does. Yeah. And as far as he knows, that's the one that's waiting, mm-hmm. even though it's the original tree, right? Rigged. But yeah, I, you're right. It's just why the mystery gets off on a real rocky start because. No one should care. Yeah, they shouldn't. It's it's nothing that draws you into, like, this is mysterious. Right. Um, Which makes me wonder why Holmes takes the case. Right. Because why does Holmes care? I thought that, too. And I'm like, why is he taking this case? It seems very strange. Yeah. But... I, it was uh, a weird story. It was. And I, I feel like it was almost rushed mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. Um, it's like, because we knew nothing about these two guys, and somehow out of nowhere... Yeah. Oh, these guys are villains. Yeah. And then, like, I feel like the writer was writing this short story and wrote all the way up to the point where he kills them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like he got there and went, oh, man, I, I do have to finish this up. This can't be a book. <laughs> all right. They juggle hand grenades and they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. He called up like. uh, whatever uh, Berkeley Prime Crime Mystery Publishing <laughs> and said, how many pages again? 20. Oh, Oof. I've already reached 19. <laughs> yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the end. <laughs> Curtain. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. I don't know. I don't know if we were talking about it on air or not last week. I mentioned there was that one movie. Uh that's famous for not running out of money before they finished it. Uh, Jay Leno and Pat oh, Morita. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, in a movie yeah, called yeah. Collision Course, like the God. 80s, I guess, early 80s. They just <laughs> ran out of money. So they're just, well, it's done then. Print it. <laughs> Gosh. Dude, man, the, the things that people have done when it comes to, like, unfinished movies. Yeah. So Bruce Lee was working on a movie before he passed. And... He was the producer, the director, the writer. Like, he was everything. Yeah. So, 
freaking it was called the game of death okay and when he passed in the middle of this production they still released it <laughs> and in order to complete the film they put in a double that's not Bruce Lee. Yeah. And there were scenes, I kid you not, they had a cardboard cutout of his face. Oh, my goodness. That they used to, like, to to mask this guy's <laughs> face. And I'm like, this is bad. <clears throat> I was like, that's a disgrace. Yeah. So it's like the stuff people do to get a work. Yeah, obviously, we have digital yeah. computers now, but well, it was just like, what the crap, man? The original Peter Sellers Pink Panther movies. Mm-hmm. They made five of those with Peter Sellers, and then Peter Sellers died, yeah. and they made three more. With him in it. <laughs> yeah, the first one had him in it. I'm like, yeah. how is he in this? Yeah, and then the next one was like, they were looking for him, mm-hmm. and then like you only saw him like from the back, over the, the distance, shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, let it go. The guy's <laughs> dead. He shouldn't be in any more movies. <laughs> And I don't know the last time if anybody has watched the Pink Panther movies in a while. I got a Blu-ray set a couple years ago because I was excited. And I love the Pink Panther movies. And I watched through them all. Mm -hmm. And I realized they get considerably dumber with each installment. (laughs) (laughs) First one's a classic. The second one's actually my favorite Mm -hmm. shot in the dark. And then with each one after that, it's like, I can't believe they're doing this. Can't believe they're saying this. <laughs> oh my goodness, is this still on? Like, it's, like I think that's why they sell them in box sets because no yeah. one's buying the single, the the sixth Pink Panther movie yeah. by itself. That's funny. Some bonus feature more than anything feature. else. It's true, man. Sometimes they just... It's like when they started getting to, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 3 and 4. I was like, it's, it's no dice. Well, because they started it's replacing no the actors. Yeah, it's true. I think Rick Moranis was the only one that was in the third one from the original movie. I think movie. so, yeah. Then you had Home Alone 4, Home Alone 3. Those were bad. Yeah, they were different kids, too. Yeah. Stop doing this. Stop. stop Whoever's listening, if you're listening, stop making movies that are sequels without any of the original actors. Do you ever see 22 Jump Street? I have not. Oh, my gosh. It's So, so when, the, when, the, when the movie's done, like... They leave room for like another sequel. Okay. So Ice Cube is like their their captain, their boss, and their police officer. <laughs> All right. Under you know undercover. Yeah. And he's like, he's it's like the ending credits, and he's like, you two sobs are going to ballet school, and like they cut like a quick, and it's just like a still shot of them like, and then he's like, like you two sobs are going to culinary school, and it's just a litany of the same thing, and then finally, this is wrong. That's what I'm saying. Is finally they're like, uh, you two sobs are going to going to marine biology class, and then it's like the guy gets out of the car, and instead of it being Jonah Hill, it's Seth Rogen. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> like, 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 they swap in this third dude. Is it like a contract dispute? Yeah. And then they keep on going. Uh huh. So funny. Long about the fifth or sixth movie, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man. Even even the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it was the fourth one. Fourth one or the? F- <laughs> I think it was the fourth or fifth. But they said like the only person they could get back was was a Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp, yeah. And even then they had to dig deep. Like they had to go deep in their pockets for him. 
Because yeah. like, I don't think he really wanted to do it, but they threw so much money at him that he's like, okay, I'll do it. Well, that's the thing. That's di- di- Disney money. That's what that is. Disney money. If Disney wants you, they'll get you. Never ending surprise. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, before Endgame, Robert Downey Jr. was going to retire as Iron Man like four other times. Uh-huh. And he kept coming back. That's it, man. Chris Evans, he kept coming back. Same, yeah, Chris Evans, same. I just read an article the other day. He's like, will Chris Evans return? He's like, well, you know, I n- never say never. You know, yeah. You know why? Because he's keeping an eye open for Disney money. That's it, man. He hasn't had it in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't say He's that out there that. making indie films. Guess what? Yeah. That's not the same thing. It's- <laughs> That's not the same thing at all. <laughs> Lionsgate ain't paying the same amount That's as true, man. Disney, Walt Disney Pictures. Walt Disney Pictures, 100% <laughs> true. That's great stuff. That's 100% true. My God. Still making more to me. What's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even the most indie films of indie films have a larger paycheck than private school teacher. That's true. 100% <laughs> true. Anyway, you who else makes little money probably is the author of some of these stories <laughs> in our book. Oh yeah, yeah. Beak nose and horse face. Yeah. I miss them. I do too. <laughs> I hope they return in more homes for the holidays. <laughs> yeah. We got to crack that one open. It's true, but yeah, I, I agree. It felt rushed. It felt again. It was just. I felt like they, at the end, when Holmes draws his conclusions and tells yeah. you how he figured this out. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think the word we're searching for is pointless. <laughs> Just like, Watson's got to pick and choose more of the cases he puts to light for people. Yeah, sometimes they're in the tin box for a reason, they right? <laughs> yeah. Leave it in the box. Because they don't want it to see the light of day <laughs> ever. Yeah. This wasn't from the tin box. This was from the copper box. The copper box. This is the one Watson forgot to destroy. <laughs> right. He's if, like, there's no mysteries, no long lost whatever. These are just bad. If in need of money, break glass. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, there's another story, though. Yes. The Adventure of the Christmas Ghosts. Yes, there is. Uh, before we dive into that. Yes. Unless you have something else about the tree. No, I think we're good on that. Yeah, we have about as much to say on the tree as he did in the story. <laughs> um, I thought it would be fun to, to for a moment, because this um, turned out to be uh, a, a sort of play on a Christmas carol. Okay. Right? Um, the Christmas Ghost. Not the Three Ghosts. The Christmas Ghosts. Yes. The Three Ghosts... Was last year. Was last year, which was very similar yeah. in tone. And I'm surprised both these stories made it in the same book. I was too. I yeah. felt the same thing when I read it. I had to stop myself and say, we read this one last year. What are we thinking? Yeah. And then I flip back through. No, there's an almost identically named story in the first half of the book that yeah. we read last year. Um, so A Christmas Carol. There are tons and tons of versions of A Christmas Carol, obviously, out there. Um, we may have even talked about this last year, our favorite versions. Mm-hmm. I'll go on record and say George C. Scott is my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. All right. Um, do you have a favorite version, Mike? Albert Finney. Albert Finney. Okay. That's yeah, the was, musical version, right? Yeah, it was done in the 70s. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That one's not bad. I like that one. So rather than just a list of, hey, here's like a bunch of great Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. I found a list of 11 very different versions of A Christmas Carol. Okay. Now, I will say they're not as like, hey, crazy, as I was mm-hmm. hoping they were going to be. 
Um, but I'll tell you what they are if you're interested. Yeah. All right. Let's have it. Uh, so there is a radio show version of A Christmas Carol uh-huh. from 1934, uh, Lionel Barrymore. I have that. You have that. Is it? Have you listened to it? Um, I've listened to it. Uh, I listened to to some of it. Okay. Listen, uh, but it's what I have. It's on. I don't, don't know. I don't remember what size they are. Records. Like oh this yeah. This big. Yeah. And I got like it at forty fives or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like the small guys yeah. got it at a flea market. Oh and nice. And I was like, this is so cool. Um. So yeah, I've. I I've I know of that ex- existence. Yes. Okay. Oh, I I would love to hear that. So I have to track. I'm sure it, I'm sure you could probably listen to it on YouTube or something at this point. Yeah, as you well. probably could. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, so I don't know what makes that very different. Maybe it's one of the first radio show versions. Maybe but, yeah. Um, I would love to hear that. Then they have the classic version, which I don't know how a classic falls in a very different Christmas Carol list. Uh, but they have Alistair Sims version, and that's usually like. Your go-to version, the Alistair Sim version. Uh, it's black and white from 1951. Okay. Um, that's usually the one that is on TV around, like, midnight Christmas Eve for no reason, you know? Gotcha. Oh, let me flip through. Oh, look, there it is, you know. Uh, it's okay. It's not my favorite, but it's okay. Uh, then, of course, now we are very different. We have the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. That's a great one. Michael Caine, yes. fantastic as Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um I heard somebody say, I don't know if they were quoting Michael Caine or not, but I think it's very accurate. Mike, they, everyone else was making a Muppet movie except Michael Caine. Michael Caine acted as if there were no Muppets in this movie. Yeah, he talked to them like real people. Yeah, and that was genius. And of course it is because it's Michael Caine. Yeah. Um, and he's fantastic in that movie. I mean, he makes oh, yeah. it. It's insane. Uh, then they have Mickey's Christmas Carol. Okay. That's a good one. I like Mickey's Christmas Carol. I think Carol. I've seen that one, yeah. That's a classic. That's from... Um, Donald Duck plays Scrooge, right? Well, Scrooge plays... Uncle Scrooge plays Scrooge. Oh, Uncle Scrooge plays Scrooge. Yeah, and okay. Donald Duck in a uh, typecasting plays Uncle Scrooge's nephew. <laughs> nephew Fred. I mean, that... You can't really... You know, you got to do that. <laughs> I just... I've never heard the word typecasting applied to a cartoon. Listen. It's typecast. Donald Duck, is, Donald Duck is real, life. Mike. Yes, as sure as you're born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they do at Disney World, you know. Nobody plays <laughs> a character at Disney Duck. World. They're friends That's with it. the character, you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're right. real. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think uh, the rule is Mickey can only be in one place at a time in a Correct. park. Yeah. And that goes for all of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Donald is here, there is no Donald on the other side yeah. of the park. Well, Tom, whenever I get the urge to feel like seeing <laughs> Disney characters, I just drink some more of this hooch and um, good to go. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll hit Christmas sooner or later, whether it's, whether it's at the bottom of this glass or before the bottom of the glass. All right. So this one I've never heard. This is number five. This is a TV movie from 1997 called Ms. Scrooge. Interesting. Starring um, uh, Cicely Tyson. Cicely Tyson? Yeah. Cicely Tyson. I've never heard of this. Neither have I. I'm a little curious. Mm-hmm. We should do a marathon one time. That'd be fun. You know, I I, I love Christmas movies, yeah. so... No, another question. Why are you shouting? 
I don't know. <laughs> like you slowly, like a crescendo as you're reading these lists. <laughs> I think I'm still in teacher mode because I'm trying to talk over people that aren't listening. Cecily Tynan. <laughs> Cecily. Not Cecily Tynan. That's like the weather person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The God. Action news. That's true. I think that's what it is. I think I'm just, I taught all day today. So You're used to it. You gotta, I'm used to the it. The kids in the back got to hear you. in the back who are just talking so loud anyway. Yeah, so. Anyway, all right. Uh, number six is the parody version, uh, which I think I've never seen, but I've heard is pretty popular. Black Adder's Christmas Carol. With the Rowan I've heard Atkinson. of it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I mean, Black Adder was a series. Yes. Um, people love that. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, there's also an opera version. No way. Of A Christmas Carol. Um, Simon Callow wrote and directed the opera version. Okay. Um, yeah, performed for Houston Grand Opera. It doesn't have a year here, but okay. yeah. I. That's intriguing. Yeah. I'm not a huge opera fan, but I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, that's really cool. Not to be outdone, there is also a ballet version of A Christmas Carol. Oh, that's interesting. That is also interesting. Uh, no year here either, but music by Carl Davis. Okay. Uh, I'm not familiar with him, but... Apparently there's a graphic novel of A Christmas Carol. They cite here Batman Noel. They say, yeah. is, it, is that an adapt? I've not read that. Is that an adaption of A Christmas Carol? I believe so. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. It's uh, narrated by one of the Joker's henchmen. Uh, Batman is Scrooge. Robin is Marley. Catwoman is the ghost of Christmas past. Superman is the ghost of Christmas present. And Joker is the ghost of Christmas future. That's interesting. Um, that sounds fantastic. Yes, it does. And I would like DC animated films to adapt that ASAP that awesome. into an animated movie. They're good at doing those things. And uh, let's get on that. Let's get this ball rolling. Uh, number 10, they have uh, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past with Matthew McConaughey. Um, Interesting. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. I've yeah, never seen I it. I haven't seen it I, I didn't know that was a Christmas Carol yeah. adaption. But I'll take their word for it. Uh, and then another theatrical version, also by Simon Callow's One Man Theatrical Experience. Um, yeah, so not not a lot of things, you know, that I've heard of. Yeah. I will say um, more along the lines of this story kind of almost like a pseudo-sequel to A Christmas Carol, yeah. which is what this story is. Yes, it is. I'll say last year's movie that was on Apple TV and also in theaters, Spirited, with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Have you seen that, Mike? I have not. Oh, my goodness. You should see that the first chance you get. Right. Um, everybody should. It was released in theaters limitedly uh, and also on Apple TV+. Plus. It is a musical sort of sequel to A Christmas Carol. Okay. Um, without giving any of the twists away, all I'll say is um, the the ghosts of Christmas... Marley and the three ghosts run a business where they do this every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so they're, uh, they're... Will Ferrell is the ghost of Christmas present. Okay. 
Okay. And uh, he is trying to help pick the new Scrooge-like character to to fix this year, which turns out to be Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Um, and the movie is hilarious. It's it's an adaption of A Christmas Carol, but also a sequel. Very and nice. uh, yeah, please please see that movie. It's it's fantastic. All right, man. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, that brings us to the actual story. Yes, it does. Um, I really like this. I did too. Um, it was clever and well written. Yes. Um, we've basically, folks, Sherlock Holmes is called upon by Ebenezer Scrooge's grandson or, or son, uh, great nephew. Great nephew. Yes, that's right. The great nephew. Um, because he's taken over the vis- uh, over the family business. Um, and he's starting to see and experience the same ghosts that his father, his great uncle, great uncle. Thank you. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> his great uncle experienced. So I thought that was a really awesome premise. Yeah. Um, and I, I like where it ended as far as it being hallucinogenic mushrooms <laughs> in this poor guy's tape. I didn't see that coming. I must. I didn't. I didn't expect Sherlock Holmes to take that twist. When he when he started slapping cups all over the place. Well, I knew it was something in the yeah. tea at that point. I was like, uh, oh, that, that's what I mean. I was like, okay, yeah. it's he's ingesting something. He's yeah. causing these delusions. <laughs> I was like, that's really really clever. But of course, it turned out to be Tiny Tim. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's Mister Mister Timothy. Yes, Mister Timothy Cratchit uh, is his. Uh, giving hallucinogenic hallucinogenic drugs to this new Scrooge made him a hunchback. <laughs> well, it turns out Bob Cratchit did the same thing, and that's what it yeah. was. Yeah, that's what it was in the original it. thing. Correct. I thought that was neat. Yeah, you know, try and get this guy to give us some more firewood. You know, yeah, for God's sake. The only part I didn't quite buy is when we met Scrooge. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem like a nasty guy. No, he did not. And so I was a little hesitant to buy the premise where Tim said I could tell he was going the route of his uncle or of his great uncle. Because, mm-hmm. all right, he seemed to have several different employees, including like ex-criminals that he was bringing on to help, you know. Yeah, that's And true. he seemed like a, a decent enough guy who just maybe was low on firewood or something like that. And yeah. uh, I would say maybe Tim jumped a gun a little bit on giving drugs to Scrooge. But... Maybe, but um, <laughs> that man's office was in a coat closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I can see you get a little better. <laughs> Tiny Tim. Tiny, He's not, it's not Tim. extra large muscular Tim. Tiny, right? He doesn't crippled, need a lot of room. Tiny crippled hunchback Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Who's still alive, by the way, thanks yeah. to the Scrooge family. Here you go, Potter. We'll shove you in this closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, and no, you're right. It's like like you know, like a tradition at the end of a Christmas carol, it's like and, and you get that man the best doctors that I can yeah. afford. And like I feel like if this is the Tim we see before us now, right? Like these doctors were not very good, because <laughs> this poor Tim's in bad shape. <laughs> well, yeah, who, who, what doctors was Bob Cratchit taking Tim to? That's what I want to know. He's taking him some. You know where he was taking him? Watson's. Yeah. He, he was never open. <laughs> Anesthesia-free operating room. <laughs> 
He'll give you a belt to bite down <laughs> and a belt of whiskey. Watson's was wow. never open, so Tim never got treated. That's what it is. <laughs> I want that version of this story. That's funny. The crazy thing is, little little tiny Tim is a boy, didn't hunch. No, no, you're right about it. He got cured and he couldn't do it. Could, all he could do was hunch. Yeah. I guess they didn't do invasive back surgery. Back then. No, I don't think they did. God. No, it was a fun story. I agree. I don't remember last year's well enough to compare the two, yeah. but um, I enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's just because I'm picturing, I'm picturing Tim Cratchit in my head as I'm reading, <laughs> as they're describing this man now, and I'm like, oof. That's, that's oof, man. That guy's walking around like a, like a troll. <laughs> No wonder why I wanted better working conditions. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I don't understand, too. Like, Tim Cratchit seems like he's a little bit better off than Bob was. Mm -hmm. Just quit, man. It's just quit. Go to another place. (laughs) Don't get your boss to drop ass. Right. I love that Bob Cratchit kept that stuff, too. He's like, I might have to do this again. (laughs) Do it again. In case it doesn't take. Yeah. And then he kept, he's like, Tim, I'm. I'm I'm on my way out of this life, but you hold on to these drugs. Hold on these, because you're going to need them at some point. Yeah. Whether it's your wife or it's your <laughs> boss, you're going to need them. Yeah. I also kind of want that story. I want a the original Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. but from Cratchit's perspective, giving Scrooge drugs over time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he yelled at me again today, but it didn't matter. Because I smiled inside, knowing what I put in his teapot. Yeah, the Cratchit Diaries. <laughs> the Cratchit Diaries. That's what it is. The Cratchit Diaries. Oh my gosh. That's great stuff. Somebody out there, write this. <laughs> Somebody should. Yeah. So, yeah somebody us, probably has written See some. us for good book ideas. <laughs> yeah. God. Our fee is minimal. That's our fee is minimal. That's right. All we ask is that you listen to our listen to our broad, our broadcast. <laughs> my gosh! Oh my goodness! Any 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 other thoughts on? No, that was good. I I, I enjoyed it. Bill Bill Kreider. I don't. Um, I would read more by him. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'm sure he's more famous than I realize, but you know. <laughs> Let me see. Which one do we? Shield side affair. Oh, we didn't read that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So. So yeah, we have the. Let's move on to the, the third one, right? Yeah, the, the Thief of Twelfth Night. All right. Uh, Carol Nelson Douglas. Now, this is the author that we said. I Last week I said, oh, that's the author of um, something. And then you corrected me and said, no, it's the other thing. Um, it's the Cat Mysteries, right? What? The Cat Mysteries? <laughs> Isn't it? I originally said, I, isn't she the author of like those like lettered mysteries, like A is for A oh, is for Mark? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you said no, it's not. No, it's not yet. See, like you said That's now. Sue Grafton. There you go. That's the correct. That's the conversation we had. And then I guess maybe I looked her up, and she's like, it's like these cat lady mysteries or something. That she's, okay. They're not cat lady mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> the bad cat lady. No, it's like the cat who. 
came in from a murder or something. All right, now I gotta look it up because <laughs> I, know what you're talking I sound about. ridiculous. Carol Nelson Douglas, we're gonna find this out. We're sorry, Carol Nelson Douglas, and your estate because you're probably not alive anymore. <laughs> um, oh no, I'm still wrong. Oh, that's what it was. All right. So maybe she did write something about a cat, but that's not what she's famous for. My apologies to whoever wrote those cat mysteries. <laughs> those homeless cat lady mysteries. Yeah. I uh, I can't believe I got this wrong two episodes in a row. I really ought to remember for the next time when I inevitably do it again. Um, she, she wrote... Oh, and, oh, I'm so excited now. That makes a lot of sense. She wrote... The Irene Adler novels okay. that came out, I guess, in the 90s. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Irene at Large and Goodnight, Mr. Holmes. And okay, Things okay. like that. Um, I've never read them, but I remember seeing them in many a bookstore yeah. at the time. Um, they were very popular. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, she wrote this. <laughs> so this is The, the Thief of, of Twelfth Night. Uh, and we actually learn early on in the story that Irene Adler is dead at this point oh, wow. um, in the story. Yeah. This is a very old Holmes and Watson. Um, okay, like retirement years. Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely retirement years. Um, in fact, they don't even actually do anything in this story. It almost it, it almost seemed to me like it was a, like a play, a one-act play. Okay. Because Holmes and Watson are in this, in their rooms talking about a case they had done a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And because Holmes looks out, he sees the snow and he's like, ah, this, I hate this snow. You know, I hate Christmas and that kind uh -huh. of stuff. And uh, Watson's like, you know, hey, Holmes, you're kind of a jerk about Christmas time. You know, most people like this kind of stuff. And he's like, ah, well, it covers the footprints of the criminal, you know, and that kind of, you mm -hmm. know, Holmes stuff, you know, old Holmes stuff. Old Holmes stuff. And, um, so anyway, it ends up reminding Holmes of a story of a case he worked on uh, over the 12 days of Christmas, like in between Christmas Day and I think Epiphany, uh, which is, you know, the okay. when the wise men allegedly, you know, saw the baby Jesus, mm. January 5th, I think that is, okay. Three Kings Day, sometimes it's called. Um, so he was over somebody's house and someone had stolen uh, this um, emerald uh, okay. And so he was employed to do that, but Watson showed up, and Watson just ate the whole time and didn't really, ah. you know, is at a dinner. Ah. And, and Holmes said it was very early on in his career; he was not even thirty at the time. Oh wow! And you know, so it's just it's, but most of it is just them recounting this, and Holmes is Holmes is like teasing Watson the whole time. He's of like course. saying. Look, you know, don't you remember this? Don't you remember this? And Watson's like, I don't remember any of this, Holmes. Just, can you tell me what the mystery was? And Holmes's like, no. Close your eyes. Yeah, close your eyes and picture yourself at the dinner table. And at one point, uh, it's hilarious. I think one of the uh, funniest things, even topping the this one from the other story, Watson gets so frustrated with Holmes that he says, uh, Holmes, I warn you. I shall take notes and write a story if you are not more direct. <laughs> so he's he's threatening to chronicle this adventure as a story for the Strand. If Holmes doesn't just come out and tell him what in the world he's talking about. 
Um, so yeah, it's just these two old men. I can see these two old men just arguing back yeah. and forth. You know, at one point they're waiting on dinner to be delivered. You know, and, um, it's it's really quite interesting. I would love to see it as a play. I think that would be pretty pretty neat. Um, but eventually, um, the mystery itself is not really good. I would say because it's the mystery ends up being the little girl of the family took the emerald and baked it into a twelfth uh, night cake, like which Shakespeare is Shakespeare twelfth night. Well, uh, the twelfth twelfth night, uh, like the twelfth night of Christmas. Okay, because the tradition is. Uh, and I've seen people do this uh, before, is you bake uh, little prizes into these cakes. Okay. And then uh, if you're eating the cake as a guest and you bite into it and get the prize, then, like, you get to keep that or you get something else. And or... you're not allowed to sue. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, no, there's no suing. You eat the cake knowing you may bite into something. Um, <laughs> and then, like, for instance, Holmes ends up being the one to bite into the emerald um, oh, and, wow. uh, or at least find the emerald in his cake. I guess he doesn't actually mm -hmm. bite it. Uh, and he is then crowned the, um, the king of the feast or whatever it's, right. and he gets to pick his queen, uh, from among the other guests. Okay. And so he picks this person that Watson keeps describing as this awful, awful looking homely person okay. that sang poorly and played instruments poorly and had a weird voice and Holmes like I don't know Watson I think she was pretty attractive and, <laughs> and Watson's like I don't know what your Holmes your memory must be gone because this woman, <laughs> <laughs> this woman was bad right and so anyway uh, at one point Watson's like why would you have even after the mystery is solved and he found the little girl took the emerald because she thought it was fun to bake into the thing, and then Holmes bit into it and put it back, and Watson's like, "All right, and now the mystery's solved. Why did you pick that all? He's all oh, that awful woman to be the queen." Hmm. And Holmes's like, "I didn't think I had another opportunity." He's like, "Watson, close your eyes and <laughs> picture picture this woman again. You know, she did. She gave a wonderful performance, and she took her her." Um, her name right out of Twelfth Night, right out of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, you know, because it would fit the occasion. And Watson's like, it was Irene Adler, wasn't it? And Holmes just kind of smiles. He's like, oh, it was, you know. <laughs> um, and that makes sense because if Carol Nelson Douglas uh, right. wrote these Irene Adler novels, um, then this is why she incorporated her into the story. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was an interesting story. Like I said, I didn't care for the actual mystery. I mean, it was another non-mystery. Like, the mystery was, hey, who took this thing? And the answer was, well, really nobody. The little girl took it by accident, you know, yeah. or took it and thought it was funny and baked it into a cake. Yeah. So it was never really oh. stolen. Right. <laughs> so that's not really a fun mystery. It was just fun to watch old man Holmes and old man Watson just be old men together. They're not going out on adventures anymore. They're just talking about their old ones and getting yeah. on each other's nerves while also still being the best of friends. Yeah, so, that's fun. Um, that I enjoyed. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much, that was it of that story. Um, interesting story. Three very different stories yeah, they this, were. this week, I have to say. Yeah, there were very, three very different stories. Yeah. Of, of varying quality. Yes, of varying quality. I will give you that as well. Yeah, so then I think we'll have for next time 
will have left uh, the Italian Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. the Christmas Client. Oh, okay. And then the Adventure of the Angel's Trumpet. And so, that actually finishes Holmes for the Holidays. Yes, it does. That divided very nicely, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't even think we did it on purpose, but let's say we did. <laughs> there we go. Let's say we did. Um, yeah, I, I will say um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of uh, Mike was just showing us, showing me the Spotify wrapped for the for the podcast. Yeah, for the podcast. And, uh, you know, so now's the time of year where a lot of people are getting those if you're Spotify listeners. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was with some friends this past weekend, and we were all, like, kind of showing each other our Spotify-wrapped, you know, videos. Uh-huh. You know, hey, what are you listening to? Hey, what are you listening to? And uh, it also throws podcasts in there for Correct. regular Spotify-wrapped. And uh, a friend of ours um, who uh, just got married this past weekend... Uh, he uh, was very happy to tell me that I Heart Sherlock was his number one podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, for the year. That's um, cool. I don't know that I want to ask how many podcasts he was listening to, because <laughs> maybe it was like two, you know, but that's fine. Uh, but that's awesome. We're, num- we're the number one. And uh, so, yeah, I, I appreciated that. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And uh, yeah, man. And congratulations. Congratulations yeah. again. That's great, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's there, we, so many. Uh, and I've said this before. We have so many new followers on our Instagram. Yeah. Daily, if not weekly. Um, and, you know, we, we do this because we love it and we enjoy it. And the fact that there's a bunch of you folks out there that actually care about what we do. Yeah. We're, we're greatly, greatly appreciative. Um, we try to keep it fun. We try to keep it interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're in... We're in eight countries. That's we'll, awesome. We'll figure that out. Yeah. I think it's freaking awesome. Um, we're in Japan. We're in, we're in the UK. We're in, in Australia. We're in Ukraine. I think Saudi Arabia is on that list. Like, we're all over the world. I, that just blows me away. It does too, man. Like, never I, never thought our voices are, would be heard I didn't think people were going to listen to us here, let alone yeah. let alone in Saudi Arabia. 100% true. Whoever you are out there in Saudi Arabia, thanks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Spread, spreading the good news of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> That's what I, I converted Tom to the Church of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I witnessed daily on street corners. <laughs> South Street in Philly. Oh, my gosh. No, but, no you guys are great. And... um Gives us a lot of encouragement just to see our our statistics and metrics and and see how many of you are, are listening and enjoying. Yeah. Um. And like we say before, please message us. We won't. We don't bite. Yeah. If, there, if you have thoughts on something we talked about, or you have an idea for a book that we should go over, please don't be shy. Oh, we'd love we'd love to hear that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um. We uh. One other thing I wanted to discuss tonight was, and I should have brought the, well, I think it's in the car, but, um, and one of the more recent Baker Street journals, uh, I think it was for the fall. Yeah, so it's it's current. Um, there's an article in there talking about basically Sherlock Holmes and medicine. Okay. Um, as it relates to modern day doctors. Interesting. Yeah. And this woman... Way smarter than this whole street uh, put together. <laughs> um, wrote this article just discussing that you know she's in the medical field. She's a doctor, 
And she said there's countless, countless doctors she's met, surgeons, that Sherlock Holmes was her inspiration. Wow. Because being a doctor is like being a detective. You're trying to hunt yeah. down the cause of something. Yeah. And it was like, it's very, very true. Never really looked at it that way. I mean, we've talked about House, but yeah. it's like how widespread that influence is, is, yeah. is pretty amazing. Um, and it ta- she also talked about how for a long time, the doctor doctors looked at themselves as like hard boiled detectives. Mm. Like I do this alone. I met, you know, I, um, I work alone. Right. And now as things evolve, you work with a team. Yeah. In order to solve a problem and solve a case. Yeah. Um, and it was just really, the whole interesting was really fabulous of integrating all of that and comparing Sherlock Holmes to medicine and just seeing how those things fit together. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's fascinating. I, I mean, I didn't know that. I, that that there's all kinds of doctors that were, you know, created because of their love for Sherlock Holmes. So that makes sense. I mean, like we've said, you know, it's such an inspiring um, year after year. You know, the, yeah. inspiring just to to think more. You know, to to investigate. And you're right. That's what that's what medicine is. It's investigation. Yeah. Into cures, into treatments, into yeah. people. You have suspects. Yeah, you know, be, being the you know what's the cause? Is it this disease or is it this uh, genetic yeah. disorder? Um, it it really does compare really really well, um, and I think there's been Sherlock Holmes has been in all kinds of fields of endeavors. Yeah, as people write more and more pastiches. Yep, I mean he's been all over the world. It's yeah, really freaking cool. Yeah, um, and I still I've had one or two people ask me before like. Wasn't Sherlock Holmes? He was real, right? He was a real person. I'm like, <laughs> no, but people think he was. Yeah, they always have. You they know, always have. Why, you know, over in Baker Street in London, I'm pretty sure there's, or there used to be, you know, people that were dedicated to answering letters. Yes. Right. I don't yep. know if they still do that. But... I think the museum does it. Now. Okay. All right. Um, because the the museum is there at two two one B, I believe. Okay, that makes sense. So, which we need to do that one. We need to save our pennies. And... Oh my goodness, that's one of my my dream uh, places to visit. Yeah. You know, I, I said before, I'm not a you know, I I've always been one to say I want to explore the rest of the country mm-hmm. before I do a lot of overseas travel. <laughs> before I do, like I'm like <laughs> 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 like I've got a list of stuff. Let um, me have some of that money, Tom. Yeah, yeah I'll let you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's so many cool things in the, in the U.S. I've never seen. You know, I haven't yeah, been true. very far. Um, but one of the exceptions is definitely uh, England, London, and of course, I want to go see Baker Street, two twenty one B, and absolutely pretend Holmes is real, and you know, yeah. wear my hat and get dirty looks from the Londoners and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> nah, that'll, that'll be a fun trip. Be a fun trip. We can yeah. do live. We could do a live. We could do a live show. Yes. I'll do Instagram live and live from Baker Street. Live from Baker Street. You can't beat that. No, you can't. That's the goal. That's yeah. the new goal. Yeah. But that's finally what's going to get Titan Books after us. That's it. Live from Baker live Street. From Baker Street. That's it. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. Yeah, maybe, man. That'd be nice. But I can't believe we're almost done this book. I know, I know. And then, don't worry, there's another collection. More homes for the holidays. More homes for the holidays. That's right, kids. So we're, we're trying to squeeze in as many episodes as we can before Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one a week. 
So that way we can do a lot, cover a lot of a lot of Christmas material for you folks. Yeah, it's fun. So it is fun, um, and it's it's always nice to see Holmes in a little bit more jollier mood, <laughs> even though it's morbidity that brings him joy. But <laughs> he's sitting there going, "Boy, this is Merry Christmas!" And people look <laughs> around like, is. "My two sons are dead, and the cousin may have done it." What's so happy about this? Yeah, <laughs> Holmes, take off the hat and beard, will you? <laughs> the hat and beard, yes, Father Christmas. <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah thanks as always for listening yeah for tuning in you guys rock um thank you for all the love and please please for the love of cat food please <laughs> send us messages yes we're eager to respond eager to interact with you yeah so uh i guess so next time we'll be finishing up the book and yeah yeah we'll right. catch you guys next time see you later Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again for iHeart Sherlock Podcast. You could be doing anything with anybody anywhere right now, but you've decided to take your hard-earned free time and stop by and listen to Tom and I uh, chew the fat about some Sherlock Holmes stories. We're so glad that you joined us today. We're looking forward to next time, where we'll continue having a good time sleuthing together. Yes, sir. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and please click and like uh, and subscribe on Spotify uh, and coming soon to other podcast platforms.